You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up, people, Tex. Oh, what's up? I, uh, man, to quote the great American philosopher Leslie Nope. Shit, what's even the quote? I can't even think of it now. It was so dumb. We're rattled. Every, every, everything hurts and I'm dying. That's what I was looking for. Jeez. And now my brain doesn't even work anymore. What a stupid game. Uh, Green Bay Packers lose 24 to 22 to the New York football giants that are now five and eight. Only one game uh, behind the Green Bay Packers in terms of the standings. The Packers are in a five way tie at six and seven. If I, uh, yep. Uh, I believe yeah. I have Ram, that right. Rams, Seahawks, Saints, Falcons, and then the Buccaneers, I think, are also six and seven, but they're leading the AFC South or NFC South. So, yeah, it's just yeah, a giant cluster at the bottom of the, the conference. Like, a short week. Um, What the fuck did we just see? That was the <laughs> sloppiest football game on both sides that I've seen in a while. That was garbage. Man, that was hot that's, ass. That's... That is the quality of play you would expect to see in like a Kent State Ball State Mac game on a Wednesday night in like early middle of September or something. Just just complete chaos all around. The kind of thing that you hate watch because it's football and it's on and you have nothing better to do. But when you're a fan of one of the teams, man, that's that's just the worst experience. I hated every second of it. The big ones, um, well, Saquon popped on that one. He got two scores. I know he got two scores, but he popped on that really long one. Um, but really what they couldn't stop was Tommy DeVio, who rushes for 700 in a yard or 71 yards. Felt like 700 in a yard. Um, <laughs> 158 passing, one touchdown, completed 17 of 21. A lot of those passes ended up going to Wondell Robinson, who led the team with 79 yards receiving. Um, he also got two, you know, uh, auxiliary plays for 36 yards carrying. Between that, um, three turnovers, a missed kick, a lot of dumb penalties. That'll do it. That's what it looks like. I mean, I got asked by Giants fans all week, like, what does a Packers loss look like, right? And I'm like, look, you're going to have to commit to running the ball. They 209 yards, rushing two touchdowns. Um yeah. Packers are going to have to do stupid stuff. Jordan Love looked rattled all game. That was easily, I think, his worst game as a passer um, because um, so like the offensive line had its mistakes, um, certainly, and allowed some pressure. But I feel like Love got to play a pretty clean game relatively, right? Like a lot of his mistakes were just inaccurate balls or poor decisions. Yep. Um, so not a lot of silver linings to come out of this one. This was a shit show. Um, everyone should feel bad after this. Yeah. 
The the only silver lining is that it wasn't as bad as Miami in the other Monday night game, who blew a 14-point lead with three minutes left in the game as a 13.5-point favorite at home. So it could have been could have been the Dolphins, but that's that's the only silver lining I got for you. If you guys want a perspective, also like the two Monday night games thing sucks. I don't want cut ins to the Titans Awful. game while I'm trying to watch nope. the Packers. Like I don't care. Um like save that for halftime. If you want perspective for that Titans game, though, they had this graphic up afterwards. They're the first team to win first team to win down by 14 with under three minutes to go since 2016. The previous teams were 0 and 767. Oh my God. (laughs) So that's how improbable Tennessee's comeback was. I I also heard they were the first team in NFL history to win in regulation down by 14 with less than three minutes to go because teams don't obviously do the, you know, didn't do the go for two um, thing until just recently. So right. Insane. Insane. That's a, that's a win probability chart that is just going to eat at Dolphins fans forever, especially if it ends up costing them the one seed in the AFC. Yep. Uh, we got to talk about it, right? Joe Barry. Um, I feel like Joe. that's the big, I mean, outside of love making his mistakes, which I feel like at this point we're like, okay, you had a hot streak. Let's, monitor how consistent that can be moving forward but like yeah he's a first year starter stuff will happen um joe barry is not a f- guy who's first year on the job this was another punch to the dick we were talking at halftime and i was like hey one of the good things about the situation is that like we aren't just conceding inside run and just like giving up a bunch of rushing yards lo and, and behold uh, <laughs> yeah and i know a lot of that like okay Wandale Robinson gets 32 on an end around. Tommy DeVito gets 71 yards on scrambles. Still rushing yards, still show similar issues to what we've seen in the past, right? Um, We've somehow done the magic thing of not being able to really rush the passer, at least in terms of being able to get Tommy DeVito down in this game. Mind you, this Giants team, I think Matt LaFleur cited a stat that said – DeVito had, or not DeVito, but the Giants offense had gotten sacked 69 times this year already. Um, DeVito, okay. DeVito had been sacked at least five times in each of the last four games. Yeah. And the Packers and couldn't get to him once. They only had two quarterback hits, two quarterback hits in the entire game. Gary had the two hits for, for the entire pass rush. Um, just could not get him on the ground. We talked about that at halftime too. Then in the first half, that was a, you know, a problem. And, and this, for this defensive front to get pushed around by the Giants offense makeshift offensive line missing, you know, yeah. a bunch of guys, um, completely unacceptable. And not only were they not able to get penetration, but they also weren't able to set the edge, which is why Tommy DeVito was able to run out of a lot of those sack attempts. Yep. Um that stinks. And I don't think that's gonna get better with Gary. Like that's just kind of who Gary is. He's got tight hips. Like that's He's a power rusher. He's very good as a power rusher. Um, but to have everyone miss is crazy. Even like, uh, what was it? TJ Slayton obviously jumped the snap on one of these run plays, ends up in the backfield like a damn Madden animation. And he's two yards yep. in the backfield, doesn't come down with the play. They end up getting a first down. Stinks. That stinks. 
Just so many stupid, like weird situations, right? The Keyshawn Nixon play on the fumble or on the, uh, on the punt where he muffs the punt, falls on it, then decides, Hey, this is going to be a great idea to get up and try to do something with it. And then just gets it punched out right away. Um, plays like that, that like they went both ways though. And that's the thing is like Packers yep. had their chances, right? You had the Packers got a muff punt. What two series oh, later? Saquon um, where it hit the, the gunner in the shoulder and then the Saquon fumble. Like that's, they, they, they had every opportunity to, to win this game. And if they don't, you know, if the Packers make one fewer mistake in some of those situations, they win this game. If, the, if, if Anders Carlson goes four for four instead of three for four and doesn't miss a 45 yard field goal, Packers score that touchdown and they go up by five instead of being up by one and trying to go up by three with a two point conversion. Then you need the then the Giants actually need to get in the end zone and and score a touchdown to win that game instead of just kicking a field goal. So you can you can point the finger at any number of different places, and that's what it was going to take for I think for the Packers to lose this game was fault in you know several different areas that you can point to um, that all kind of compounded and and ended up leading to the loss. Bad game. Um, back to Barry. Thought there were a couple times for sure at the end of the game, the last couple drives that you could point to clear fault of his. Um, those stuff like, uh, I don't know if it was untouched, but there was that rushing touchdown at the goal line where the entire edge just gets caved in. That's not a Barry problem, right? That's a situation where players just lose a block, end up on the ground and create a pile behind them. And there's no way anyone can place over top of it. Um, yeah. What is a very problem is when the Giants are clearly trying to run the piss out of the ball and you just stay in nickel the entire time, which doesn't really work for stopping the run unless you're going to have a drop down safety. Um, hey, you remember you a... when remember what Troy Aikman said during the game that Joe Barry <laughs> likes to bring him another man down in the box to stop the run? Because I remember that in the first half. Yeah. I don't know what Troy Aikman is talking about, but uh yeah, no, this is a guy who loves to play in nickel no matter what the situation is, and no matter who the quarterback is and, and what the offensive philosophy of the team is that he's playing against. It didn't make sense to me, especially at the end. I don't know if Wyatt's injury impacted that, if they thought, hey, we're going to be you know, on a pitch count with one of our defensive linemen, so we don't want to play three guys on the interior and jam up the front. Um, but they weren't playing aggressive enough there, period, point blank, period. Everyone knew that there was going to be runs, right? Um, it's not like they were going to put the game on Tommy DeVito's shoulders. Like He had one, so Wandale Robinson had a 32-yard game. That might have been the only pass that was over 15 all game. <laughs> that sounds about right, yeah. And that was the one um, on the final drive where yeah. Wandale got wide open on a crosser and uh, you know, found him. Found him right in stride for for that big game that got him right into field goal range. Yeah, so extremely disappointing there. The other thing too is Quay Walker wasn't in the game. Um, he was out. Isaiah McDuffie replaces him in the lineup. Penny could have alleviated some of that if you would have just played Campbell as the lone inside linebacker and then had that three four front up in front of him. You could have stayed with a nickel on the field and jammed up the interior. That's what we were asking Joe Barry to do against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's something that he's yeah. done in the past, and he's just 
gotten away from it. And it, it it's it's weird because it seems like so like the Packers are one of the few teams in the NFL that actually has this tool, right? Like it's very much like a Fangio tree type of thing. So you'll see like Staley run it and stuff like that, but you're not seeing a whole ton of penny across the league. They have this tool, but they seemingly have no idea when to use it. And for the people who are like, you know, Joe Barry is a Rod Marinelli guy who's just kind of being forced to run a Vic Fangio type of defense, right? I mean, that's a data point for you to say, like, he doesn't actually know how to do this stuff, right? <laughs> and that's that's concerning. The other thing that really frustrated me, that they have a minute left to drive, and we're basically functionally playing prevent defense. All they needed was a right. field goal, and they had, I think, two timeouts at that point. Two like, timeouts. That's not aggressive. You have to play defense at that spot. You're not playing. Yep. You're not playing field position. You don't I mean, care they, about that. They had enough time. They could have run the ball if they wanted to yeah. a little bit there on that that ending drive. Um, you can. They can attack the middle of the field. They can. Uh, yeah. It's it's. Oh, uh, it's so frustrating because <laughs> the defense did bail out the offense for a good yep. period of time. Like all those turnovers and stuff, the defense was being put in a pretty bad position and. Uh, the Giants had a missed field goal too, um, that also impacted this game. I don't know, you know, it could it could have been tied at at the half and stuff like that. Um, Giants wouldn't have needed that that last drive if they would have connected on that field goal, which I think was shorter than uh, Anders Carlson's. Um, but at the end of the game, it just looked like they had no idea what game they were playing. Like. The AI was bad. It, it didn't know play calling. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm still hesitant to think that Barry is going to get fired. Also, by the way, I'm getting hit with a bunch of people on Twitter that think all my Joe Barry stuff is serious. I don't think he's good. I've been, I'm critical of Joe Barry when I feel like I need to be critical of him. Like the end of game stuff was bad. Before that, the defense was bailing him out. The pass rush didn't get home. That's the game that we saw. Like, I don't think you can argue with those facts. Um, but, like, I'm still hesitant to think that the Packers will move on from Barry just because, like, Matt handcuffed himself to him for, yep. you know, over multiple press conferences. So, I don't, I don't know. Like, who's – Again, we, we, something we talked the last – Yeah, these last couple of weeks we've said that this is this is what to expect. Um He's he's probably here again next year unless this defense completely unravels down the stretch. Um, if we continue to see this and they, you know, they lose a couple more of these games that they should be winning, well, then maybe we can have that conversation. But, you know, one game in this instance, unfortunately, or fortunately for Joe, is is not going to be enough on its own to um, to cause LaFleur to, to fire the guy. I'm, I'm certain of that. So I'm playing around with the uh, Packers playoff machine or the uh, New York times playoff machine. Sorry. Um, We're still in that same position where two losses in the final five games is where you get to 50, 50. Right. Um, And that's kind of what the Packers are projected to be now that they have this loss in hand. So they've dropped down to a 50% chance to make the playoffs on the New York times machine. Um, If they win three of the next four, it's about 50, 50. If they went out, they're going to make it in. Obviously, they're still holding the seven seed because they have the tiebreaker over the Rams. Um, I don't know if there's a situation where if more teams get involved, the 
tiebreakers go further down and then someone else jumps them. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not that versed on uh, the tiebreaker situations um, in the NFC right now, just because there's so many teams involved that I don't think it's really worth the time to look at that until like the final last probably two weeks of the season. I looked at the NFC North tiebreakers and it basically t- it ended up being the Packers had to get plus two on the Lions in terms of their overall record over, you know, these next, I guess, plus three. Uh, I had to have to check again um, over the last couple of weeks. And then the only way that the Packers can get the tiebreaker over the Lions is with head to head division wins. So the Packers would need to beat the Vikings and Bears and have the Lions drop one of their games against the Vikings. They still have to play the Vikings twice um, for the, you know, the, the remainder of the season. Um, so that's probably not super likely, right? Like the New York Times um, playoff machine gives that a 2% chance right now. I would stop thinking about the NFC North, especially after this loss. As far as the wild card, though, what you're rooting for is at least three wins in the next four games, and that's really what matters. Yeah, I mean, you've got, like I said, you, you've got the the Rams-Seahawks, both NFC West teams. The Seahawks got... have Eagles this week, and they've lost like yep. five of their last six. Like, they're sinking like a rock right now. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, the the big thing, the biggest thing this week that that helped the Packers, in, at least in their overall playoff chances, was that Rams overtime loss to yep. the Ravens. Um. That punt return in overtime, um, cashing that one. So that was that was a big help, and and that's what's keeping Green Bay in the the seventh seed right. as of right now with this loss tonight. So, um. Yeah. The fact that they've got those wins in hand over the Rams and the Saints is is really big. Um. And kind of the way that that it kind of shakes out at least right now as i understand it is those three teams are the ones that you're looking at because the rams have a division tiebreaker over the seahawks the saints have a division tiebreaker over the falcons so then they move up to a three-way tiebreaker with the packers who have head-to-head wins over both of those so for now that's where it stands but like you said i mean so many different scenarios how you know can can end up shaking out over this, these last four weeks um and so you know we'll well, probably probably worth revisiting those like two weeks down the line, um, you know, once once we kind of know where we're at with with two games to go. Yeah, and these weeks, the, this week is tricky because I'm looking at again New York Times. They got um, all the percentage changes and stuff like that. So these are games that will swing the Packers' playoff leverage. So the difference between a, a win and a loss by at least two percent, right? Um, if the Bengals beat the Vikings, that's pretty obvious. If the Browns beat the Bears, which the Bears are somehow still hanging around vaguely in the playoff race. If the Panthers beat the Falcons, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, if the Commanders beat the Rams, I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. Or if the Eagles beat the Seahawks, which is I think is pretty probable. Um, so, yeah, I, I, unless there's like some upset of Rams, Falcons, Bears, Vikings, I mean, really what you're watching is just making sure – the Eagles take care of business against the Seahawks this week in terms of the watch list. Yep. <sighs> um, people are saying we overreacted to Jordan Love. I don't know if we did. He played that. really good football. Um, <laughs> he played like shit today. Not bad. Oh, Jontavian Wicks in the locker room says his ankle is, quote, fucked up and that they think it's a high ankle injury. Oh no, that's no good. Didn't someone like leave with a concussion too? I think. 
I think like Jaden um, Reed left. Super Reed, late. yeah, he like, he left right at the end of the game with a concussion eval. You're right. Good so, God, Malik Heath, buckle up get, the chin strap, dude, because I don't ready. know how many more wide receivers we have. We're we're gonna see a lot of Malik Heath. Uh, we saw a lot more Samori Samori Toure than I was expecting tonight. We did. We um, saw him. I was expecting to a get ball a lot against more the best DB for the Giants had, and I don't know why yeah. they gave him that contested opportunity. I I was shocked that it took until Wicks left the game for Heath to start getting him more opportunities. I thought for sure he was going to be the next guy up instead of Toure in this game, and and that was that was not the case. Um, so. Here we are, but yeah, Malik's gonna gonna get some run here these next uh, next couple weeks, I guess, because that doesn't sound good for Wicks. I guess hopefully yeah. Watson can can come back with the hammy, but again, who knows with with his hammies, what's <laughs> how long that's yeah, gonna be? I mean, at, yeah, at this point, I don't know what you do. I mean, it's an, and then Watson had like the chest back, everything injury, right? Yep. Chest back ribs or whatever too. Um, earlier this season, so he's what on his third injury now. I don't know if you can trust him to stay healthy, especially with the history of hamstring issues and it already being you know re aggravated this year. Yeah. Um, where are we at on Rashid Walker being the guy, being the left tackle of the future? Because I'm back on, I need to do, I need to watch college tackle prospects after this game. He He did not play well. I know Tom was a guy who was matched up against Thibodeau for most of the game. Um, but Walker was not playing great. I have never been on the Rashid Walker is the left tackle of the future train for whatever that's worth. So, um, so yeah, I see no reason to, <laughs> to hop on at this point. <laughs> yeah. This was not the game to do it. Um, running got his ass I, beat pretty nope. bad at one, one of the, I think it was a love sack or interception. Both Walker and Runyon ended up on the ground. Um, just on their asses. Not good. I mean, we're used to a much better offensive line, and for a while it looked decent, but this game, it wasn't great. And the Giants aren't a great team in terms of pressure. I mean, Lawrence is good, um, but Thibodeau is a guy who... Remember when Vic Beasley led the NFL in sacks that one year, and then he kind of mm-hmm. like flamed out? I'm not sure what the future holds for Thibodeau, so I'm not, like, making a projection here. But, like, statistically, the seasons are very similar, where it's like, this guy's getting no pressures, but he's just, like, ending up around the ball and getting a bunch of cleanup sacks. Like, that's it's, what the Thibodeau season the, has been. It's the Kyler Fackrell, like, 9 or 10 yes. sack season yes. all over again. Still runner. RIP R- R- my mentions for, for bringing that one up. Oh man. Um just no pressure on defense, man. That stinks. Kenny Clark could have been a complete non I I have no idea if Kenny Clark was even on the field. Why I know it was on the field only because he got hurt. Slayton had that one weird play. Outside of that, man, like they weren't doing much against this again, patched up offensive line that was already on a team that was playing poorly up front. So that's super disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Vibe checks are going to be bad tonight. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it's going to be atrocious. Um, Savage returned. I I didn't like what yeah. I saw. 
He got juked out of his cleats a couple times. Tommy DeVito juked him out of his jack strap at one point. Yeah, I don't I don't like Not what I saw acceptable. from Savage today. Then he got hurt and then Owens came in for him for a little bit, but that was weird. Reedy Ford had the dumb penalty um on special teams. On the punt, yeah. Just everyone played like a dickhead today. Keyshawn <laughs> probably should have gotten flagged um for for hitting DeVito on the slide and then immediately muffed the fumble, uh, muffed the punt. Like every defensive back outside of probably Carrington just acted like a dickhead all day. Well, and he, and he almost had one where um he made a play up along the sideline and was about to get I mean he was he was starting to get in the receiver's face and Owens came over and was like pulling him back and yeah. uh and telling him not to not to taunt the guy. So, um he was about ready to get a flag for that one too. <laughs> oh. Man. So just a bad game overall. Mm-hmm. And again, this is one of those like whenever that graphic pops up and it's like the average age of the starter on the Packers is 25.1, right? <laughs> like um you got to know you're in store for some of these games. I was hoping that we would never lose again and we would win 15 straight Super Bowls with Jordan Love, but alas, apparently that is not what what is in store for us. Um I don't know what Packers fans want with Joe Barry. I, I guess I do, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know what they mechanic. want. They want to fire. <laughs> you know what they want. They want to fire. And he, he fucked up at the end of this game. Like I've <laughs> fully like no question. They shouldn't have been playing nickel that late. They should have played real defense on that last drive. Um, he messed up. And that's something that like he basically was like born and bred, like raised in the end, like NFL or college football, like high level college football coaching. Like I know he had a stint at USC. Like he shouldn't be making these mistakes anymore. Um, I just don't know how you get Matt LaFleur there. I don't know how you do it. And yep. you're not going to can Matt. So you're not going to can Joe. And They've handcuffed each other. They're handcuffed to each other. I don't know what to tell you. Get used to it. Yep. Matt's press conference, by the way, he's clearly very mad. <laughs> and uh, he almost, he, he fought with a microphone for a little bit. And I think it was like the shortest presser he's ever had. It was like four minutes. I didn't catch loves because I didn't. Yikes. I don't need to hear from him today. I've, I've seen enough. Yeah. Um, only thing I only thing I saw from Love was that yeah he he basically said yeah I made I was way too late on the throw that I got picked um yeah and yeah it's about which, right which one that could have been either one of those I guess well, oh, the interception yeah. up the left yeah. sideline against cover one and he that just was the one. safety like horrible decision horrible ball like what the fuck are we doing and. And it was late, and yeah, just dude. I don't he, know. He I had, don't know what got into he him. He had today. so many throws tonight that wobbled. Yeah, I mean, he missed the screen before the half, like just weird stuff. I I don't know what was going on with him. He looked jittery from like snap one. I don't know if it's because he was game planning for all sorts of pressures and stuff. The Giants didn't send a whole lot of like all out pressure looks. Like they get into the mug front stuff where it looks like six are coming, but they end up dropping out of it. Um, There weren't a lot of free rushers in this game, right? Like it's not like he was getting dropped to the ground. And then it was like, Oh, he's rattled because he's worried about getting hit again. It it wasn't like one of those games. Like if there was, if there was pressure, it was because he was 
anticipating ghosts, I guess, right? So I don't know if you can reel that back in. I'm surprised that he had this type of a game against this type of a defense after playing Flores and after playing Spagnolo. I know, I know they're kind of different type of guys. I know Flores is a little bit closer to Wink than Spagnolo is, but you would think that he'd be ready for this game. And I don't know. I don't know if they got caught looking ahead to Tampa. I know um, Matt said that he didn't want to mention it uh, in the presser, but like that extra day they ended up using to look forward to the Tampa game at the start of the week so that they could have some early game planning stuff in, and then they could focus on the Giants for the rest of the week. Um, don't know if that kind of like messaging like seeps in to the locker room where they're looking at this and they're like Tommy DeVito, we're obviously going to beat Tommy DeVito. Um, but it's not great. Uh, why are my friends calling me? I don't want to talk to you after a Packers loss. Um, shit game. And my cat's here. Oh my God. I'm getting attacked on all angles. <laughs> that that's, that's a, a hint for us to take a break and, uh, go on five checks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. All right, offensive side of the ball. Negative a thousand. I cannot believe we looked this sloppy again. Um, really, to me, it's on the offensive line and quarterback. You yeah. know, Tucker crafted what he needed to do. Um, DeGuara played half decent. AJ Dillon, like, not his worst game easily. Patrick Taylor, oh, no. probably his not best game. The wide receivers did fine, I thought, outside of like the Reed mismanaging the ball in the corner of the end zone thing, um, which, like, that's going to happen sometimes. Yeah, I'll I'll have a bone to pick with the way they were using Jordan Reed and just his overall efficiency. I mean, 10 targets, 9 or 8 catches, and 27 yards in the passing game. I know a couple of those were the pop pass, jet sweep things that just didn't really work out so well. Um, and, and he had a couple decent runs on actual jet sweeps. So, But still, I think it ended up being something like 14 targets plus carries for like 65 yards which not a good efficiency from from your wide receiver. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because – so, like, that's the weird thing that I don't understand about this offense. Like, how much of that can you check into at the line of scrimmage, right? And, like, I know yeah. Aaron had a lot of complaints about that type of stuff. Um, but if they have six guys walked up to the line of scrimmage, isn't that when you want to call the jet play and all you have to do is get a chip – on that edge player. And now, you know, those guys are on tail end of the snake. They can't be involved, but can you get to the line of scrimmage? They're not in a mug look 
and you get out of it. I don't know. That's that's something that I, I don't know how their mechanics work, how much they're willing to put on Jordan Love's plate. I don't even really know um, how much of the protection stuff Love is doing at this point. I know he's checking sometimes, but I don't know if he's like actually running, you know, doing doing mic points and stuff like that or when there's safe, safety rotations, yeah. he's handling that. The only one I remember seeing was there was one where uh, McKinney, who was shown blitz off the the right tackle side, and he adjusted the protection to get Dylan over to that side to to pick up the blitz. And I think that ended up being like a first down completion to maybe it was to Wicks or or somebody. So I know there's some of that, but yeah, I don't know that he's I don't I don't think he's doing that on every play, at least not responsible for it 100 percent of the time. We we asked Matt run the plays to Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks until they cannot be run anymore and just like limit test. We limit tested on we the Jaden Reed like perimeter plays. Yeah, I could okay. Yep. They know it they know it's coming. They tried the end around or the, the end around reverse one time and uh that ended up getting blown up in the backfield too. So yeah, unless you have a lot of stuff built off of it like you can't just run it freely anymore it's it's known it's known mm-hmm. oh boy oh boy yep. um yep man if we're really out watson reed wicks on a short week that's gonna be brutal um defensive side yeah of the ball. i mean big big oh go ahead that is it just um Tucker Craft is is going to have to play a bigger yeah. role, I think this uh, this next week, if um, as, as a receiver, if that's going to be how we're how we're looking at this game. Um, I mean, again, him and Heath are uh, are going to be asked to step up big time. Yeah, defense. I'm going to give him like a, if we're including Joe Barry in this, I'm going to give him like a three because mm-hmm. they did overcome a lot. Um, in this game, just in terms of field position and not allowing points and all the bend don't break stuff that people hate hearing. Cause then they point to that and they're like, yeah, but the other shoe's going to drop. And then, you know, it kind of did in the, in the second half for the Packers. Um, some guys made some plays, some guys completely disappeared. The no pass rush absolutely gutted us. Every DB having something stupid happening to them. Absolutely gutted us. Joe Barry messing up the entire fourth quarter. Absolutely gutted us. So I'm going to give it a three. I uh, I was I was about ready to say a two, just given all of that, um, and and just the fact that again, there was absolutely no pass rush against a team that has been just leaking like a sieve on the offensive line yeah. in the last month. Um, just unacceptable. I let me, let me ask you this. I don't know if I'm the Giants did come in off a of bye week, so they had two weeks to prepare for this game. Um, I don't know how much that plays into this. Um, I mean the again they made their they made their share of mistakes in this game too. It was by yeah. no means a uh, a clean game yeah. on on both sides. So I don't know that 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 really you know made that. That's much why of I lean against but, that. Is um, like. Just, Between that and the DeVito scrambles, I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah, does Russ really help with that? That's just guys playing ball in the backyard, kind of. Yep. Yeah. Special teams. I'm going to go like a two on special teams. Carlson yep. could have missed more, but he only missed one. Um, we had a, <laughs> he had a couple. <laughs> punt, 
and a bunch of penalties. Like that's about as bad as it can get. Carlson, all yeah, he snuck two of the three that he made in. Mm-hmm. I was worried about it. So like when he missed the third one, I was like, you know, we we're kind of due for that at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, basically everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, I'm still salty about the penalty that Anthony Johnson Jr. got early on when he got called for a blindside block when the guy he was blocking literally turned his head and looked him in the eye and then ducked his head to to protect himself against that block. Um, So that was fun. But everything else was, yeah, fully self-inflicted and and. Those mistakes were were well earned. Yeah, Rudy, chill, chill, Rudy, chill. <laughs> you didn't need to do that. Um, oh, God. Yeah. So, what are we looking for? Just hoping the uh, Buccaneers trip on their dick this week, and Eric Stokes is probably coming back. Like that's the bright like, side. Yeah, I mean, Tampa, Tampa's got some injury issues on defense. I think Vita Vea missed last week. I think there was talk about Jamel Dean and, and Devin White both potentially missing Sunday's game. So, I mean, if those three guys are out, that's maybe their best player at each of the three levels of their defense. Um, So, that, that may, I don't know, maybe that's a chance for this offense to kind of get back on track a little bit. And it's at home in December against a team from Florida. So yeah. that's always a nice thing. Hopefully they'll be prepared for this defense too, because Bowles runs something pretty similar to what Wink does. I know he does it a little bit more from depth than what Wink does, but like, you know, you're going to get slot blitzes and all sorts of weird, you know, fire zones and stuff like that in that game too. So maybe seeing it back to back weeks is going to help, but I would have thought, Seeing it, seeing some of that stuff against Kansas City was going to help. Yep. Um, injury report's going to be huge. Um, you know, maybe Aaron, Aaron Stokes Jones is a, back. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe Aaron Jones back. Yeah. Maybe Jair back. Jair's been a guy who's been able to be limited in practice. Um, Stokes is a guy who I think he's been a full participant in practice, but they just didn't decide to bring him up. Um, I don't know if that's because they're trying to save just roster spots for practice squad guys. They only brought one guy up um, from the practice squad in this game. And that was um, Drake, the the running back. Um, yeah. I mean, Drake, I think the other guy I'm going to be watching closely on the injury report is Reed, you know, whether or not yeah. he's actually got a concussion and he's, he's in the protocol um, again on a short week. Um, if he, if he does have one, that's going to be tough for him to get back out there by Sunday. Yeah. What do we think about the Jair stuff? Let's end on that. Um, <laughs> do Packers fans not know who Jair is? Like, he's just a weird dude, man. Uh, yeah. He, just, he marches to the beat of his own drum. So what we're talking about is um, he has a uh, locker room availability, I think, on Friday. Or it might have been Saturday with how the schedule worked out. Where he's there wearing shades, uh, two different wrestling belts, one that has his face on it. Um, and tells the media, like, I'm just going to lie to you guys anyway. And then they start asking him questions about his injury. And he's like, I want to play. I want to play. I want to play, which is also like what Matt LaFleur is saying. And for some reason that got blown up. He's just a weird dude, man. I, I would not. Yeah. Like, don't get too, a, don't get too techn- hung up on what he says. Yeah. Yeah. I technically have a degree in communications. Um, 
So I'm supposed to know all this like body language type of stuff. Dude, I have no handle on Jair. That dude is <laughs> he's not built like the rest of us, man. Like he he did the yeah. whole thing where he stays in Green Bay until OTA start and then he leaves because people are in town. Like he doesn't really want to be around people. Like I'm not surprised that he's like weird with the media. And I don't think it's like combative or nefarious or like anything negative. I just think he's just like an odd dude, which like Again, not a bad thing, but the people who are like, yeah, he's done playing, like he doesn't want to play all the, like, guys, he's got a busted shoulder. He's played through like two different, he played through a busted back and a, and a bum shoulder already this season. Like he's played through injuries. What, what, what the fuck are we doing here? I don't get it. Yeah. No. Mm. I don't get it. Um, Injury reports going to be big this week. Keep tuned into that. We're going to have an expediated week. They're probably not even going to practice. On... I, I bet they will practice on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll probably do a walkthrough, and then they'll have like an estimation yeah. and stuff. So you're probably actually not going to get real deal injury news until probably Thursday is, would be my guess. Um, I would look out for, you know, Stokes coming off of IR, though, or Aaron Jones even being able to participate um in that walkthrough stuff like that on Wednesday. Um but keep it tuned to the feed. We'll have all news on here. If the Packers release Jair Alexander, we'll let you know. If they fire Joe Barry, we'll let you know. I think both moves are pretty unlikely this season, but yeah. We'll keep you up to date and hopefully uh we do better against the Buccaneers this weekend. Yeah, let's let's hope so. This is uh this is a real letdown after the last couple of weeks, so Need a, need a nice bounce back. Hopefully a little, little home cooking, maybe some nice, you know, 25 degree Packers weather, quadzilla, quad, quad timber. We didn't, and we didn't even talk about the fact that this is the first loss in December under Matt LaFleur. True. I didn't um, even think about that. I don't know. If, yeah. So that's a, that's a bummer. I think maybe we got a little too, a little too hung up on that last week after the win yeah. <laughs> over the Chiefs. So we also didn't alas. mention uh, Tommy DeVito's agent who was shown entirely too oh much God. during that game. He looks like a magic. The Take your hat champion. off. Take yeah. your damn hat off, dude. <laughs> I I, I went on his Twitter account. There's multiple. Fo- I, the only photos of him in a suit or him in that same pinstripe suit. He's got one suit and it's the pinstripe <laughs> suit. It's insane. That checks out. It's nuts. That's yeah. That's surprising at all. He's just got to be seeing dollar signs. <laughs> I, this story is insane. Um, I cannot believe we lost to Tommy fucking DeVito. It's Tommy Cutlets, dude. We lost to Tommy Cutlets. If this is how we missed the playoffs, this yeah, we deserve it. We deserve. Oh my god, it. we couldn't we couldn't beat this team. This team was talking about number one pick. Like I'm not ready to think about. Ah. All right. I'm not ready to think about that. There's there's still there's still four winnable games left to go. So let's go out. Let's win these last four. Let's get in and see if we can make a little noise. We gotta do it. We gotta beat the Bucks this week. Then we get the Panthers. Yep. Two rolling. Two rolling. We get Nick Mullins, the Vikings fourth quarterback of the season. Then it all comes down to the Bears game. <laughs> Maybe. So yeah. Sign up for that reality. Um make it happen, guys. Stay tuned to the feed. We'll keep you updated. Go to the site. Maybe click on some ads. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you to click on ads, but I just said it there. Um, Go Paco. Go Paco.